One, two, three. Welcome to the Smartest Amazon Seller Podcast. Your host, Scott Needham. So I was having a conversation about a week ago with this current guest. She said something about apparel that was really unique. I was like, oh my goodness, we have to hit record on this. I want to learn more about the challenges of apparel. It's always really good to have some like category insights. Sometimes people like to like, you know, sell in multiple categories and be like, no, they're not all the same. You really do need to know some things. Very excited to have uh, Elizabeth Green from Jungler and Advertising Agency. She is absolutely worth a follow on LinkedIn, is very active with like some really interesting things that she writes a lot. So Elizabeth, welcome. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate this. Well, before we jump in, just give it a bit of background, like what led you to becoming an Amazon professional? Yeah, yeah. Good question. So long story short is we were really looking for some way that we could work from home. The family to be able to be together. So I think that's how a lot of people stumbled across Amazon. So that's how we stumbled into this ecosystem. I love to say it's like almost until you like push past that third wall of like, what is Amazon? Oh, wait, there's sellers here. And then it's like, there's this entire ecosystem built around serving products to shoppers. It's kind of bananas and until you like step into the world you have no idea how big that is and as big as anyone's thinking it is it's probably bigger like there are so many people and it's such a cottage industry least one of my least favorite things about it is because it's tied to the amazon brand it's actually hard to categorize an example like i'm like reviewing you know i was just on a review site called g2 yesterday and like there's no category for like amazon tools they, they mm-hmm. fall in different buckets and they just don't always make sense. You wanted to work from home. I think, you know, the idea of a commute going into like a busy city, that's hard to like, you know, there's traffic, hard to park like that just like feels an- antiquated right now. Well, let's jump into apparel. First facts about apparel. And some of these actually you already told me. I think if you have a clothing brand or like say you're selling Nike t-shirts, there's just a lot of skews because there's a lot of sizes, a lot of colors. And it can just go, can get extremely big or really fast. In fact, for Smart Scout, apparel was the hardest category for us. We jump in these top sellers and all of a sudden be like, boom, 250 SKUs, next SKU, boom, 400 SKUs. And it's kind of hard to like, you know, classify these variation pages. So that's one. Another is high consideration before purchasing. It's one of the most browsable categories because you know, it's stuff that you put on, you don't need it, you don't consume it. It's just like, it's a style thing. Mm-hmm. So that means like, you know, low conversion rates and those two challenges alone are kind of make the category. Yeah. Hopefully we say one good thing about the category, you know, mm-hmm. we don't completely scare it, but like even other subcategories can start to resemble it. And I've got a sort mm-hmm. of one that I have that's similar. Yeah. Is there anything that I missed? Yeah, I I would definitely say you've hit the nail on the head, large variations. And so one of the questions that I hear sellers ask a lot, I hear other agency owners ask a lot. I was just talking to another, like what I would consider is a really good agency. They're like, hey, this is how we approach advertising with large variation listings. How do you all approach it? So there's still even people at the highest levels asking the questions, just trying to validate what strategy should we be running with 
these types of products. And I think the other thing that can get really complicated, mostly with just when you're talking large variation listings, not necessarily apparel, is just keeping all of those variations in stock. So the capital necessary and just the sheer logistics yeah. of I, making sure you keep I, things. My sister-in-law wants to launch a bedding brand. And I was like, well, let's just do a little bit of an analysis. Then I jumped on yeah. and my, I'm like, oh my goodness, this page right here represents $100,000 of inventory. Mm -hmm. and, you know, a lot of stock, especially if you're, you're utilizing totally an FBA mm -hmm. and no like print on demand service yeah i mean it, it's bonkers and then you get the interesting nuance so for savvy brand owners selling on amazon listening and they'll realize this but i think a lot of newer sellers coming into selling don't realize that this applies to variation listings is that you get one organic placement and one ad placement per listing it's not per skew it's per listing so you get that sort of issue and we'll talk about that probably when we get into kind of the breakdown of how you should be structuring your ads is often sellers will launch a new variation listing and they'll say okay i want to push the variation how can we generate sales for this variation and yes you can launch ads for it but if per search you only have the availability to get one ad spot do you push like in your ads maybe you've already been running with your best sellers yeah. for a long time like do you push up the new variation sometimes if that one doesn't convert as well you can hurt performance but you still yeah. want to get sales for the new variation so you end up with like this kind of tricky dynamic that could be kind of hard to puzzle out yeah you know sometimes variations the most common are like size or color mm -hmm. we know if we go into other categories like the variance can be little bit more like you can even include like some bundles as a variation mm -hmm. where they have like an additional product and yeah i actually never considered that issue that you just said that like you only get to show one so you can really like you know hurt your product if you're selecting the wrong one what do you recommend or what do you do when you're like do you actually have a choice of which variation that you show a, a customer the organic Amazon's going to choose. You have no control over that whatsoever. Yeah. The ads you do, again, providing you structure the ads in a certain way. Yeah. So, and then that comes, they can get a little bit tricky. So again, which one do we show? If we want to force the new variation to show, what we have to do is add that variation into the ads and then pause all the other ones. And again, so that would force Amazon's hand, but at the same time, is that going to get us the same performance most likely not often and then so mm -hmm. then does that hit conversion rates which again can hurt other metrics you ever done any tests against you know variants across each other like to see what oh, you mean testing like like an advertising test where like you know you advertise on the green and then you advertise on the blue and you're like okay which one actually converts better mm -hmm. yeah yeah definitely and so if we're say we get into a new product and it's a variation listing right off the bat and so we have no idea which one is going to convert you have to test all of them essentially to determine which one's yeah. going to sell best so yeah you definitely can do that and again pros and cons there's a couple different ways to do that if we're talking ad structure one of them is to put all of the variations into a singular ad group and then have those keywords you're targeting within that singular ad group what other people do sometimes is split out the variations into their own individual ad groups or their own campaigns. So you would have like ad group product one keyword, and then you have like ad group product two keyword, essentially that way. 
Uh, one thing about like, uh, just to add, uh, there, I, I'm not sure if we said this with uh, apparel is that what people search for and what they end up buying can actually be very mm -hmm. different. Whereas if you're talking about bed sheets, you know, there's only so many ways that 99% of Americans are going to like yeah. talk about it. Maybe they'll say linen or they'll say like thread count at most. What's your thoughts when, you know, the like low conversion rates? Yeah, there's definitely an issue, like you're saying, low conversion rates, and that's just because people click around. They're just shopping. As somebody, I mean, like, I buy apparel on Amazon. I've just been looking at purchasing an additional pair of pants, and I have a very specific criteria. So as a shopper, I'm going to go through, like, my shopper experience on Amazon and then tell you how you can, like, maybe account for that in your ads and then go into, like, ad, like how you would go about looking at structure. But as a shopper, I find ordering apparel on Amazon very annoying because the way the Amazon algorithm works is very optimized for conversions. But I find because it's so focused on sales velocity, conversion rate, you know, ads to cards, other positive measures, it doesn't really do that great of a job, specifically in apparel or other spaces, like say home goods, where you have a very specific style. Now, if you're going on there to browse, like, oh, go show me brown throw blankets, and I don't really know what I'm in the market for. I just kind of want to know what's brown. You'll yeah. probably find what you want. I tend to be, and maybe it's just I'm this type of shopper, I tend to know exactly what I want. So I'm like, I want a brown loose woven tassel blanket or like maybe light brown maybe even know like this specific maybe i want tan like i don't want dark brown i want tan i find that the the search page often just continuously serves up the best sellers and you'll go and you'll type different variations into search so i'm like okay brown wasn't what i want maybe light tan and i'm still seeing like that dark brown cashmere blanket at the top yeah. of every single search because it has such high sales velocity. Amazon's going, oh, well, this is brown and it's a blanket. So it sells really well. So are you sure this is the way you're sure? And I'm like, it's not what I'm looking for. <laughs> I know what I want and you're not showing it to me. So I do find as a shopper that frustration when I know exactly what I want. So what we try and do on the ads, and this goes back to our conversation on like, we've gotten really good at this. I'm hesitant to niche down into this as an agency because I just know the legwork and the problems that like, and the, the frustration that it goes into building out these types of campaigns. But I will tell you the best performing for campaigns for highly stylized variations. Again, it could be home goods. We're talking clothing here, baby outfits, you know, blankets, anything that has like a very specific style attached to it. If you can go into the search terms or through your keyword research, et cetera, and you can notice, oh, there's a bunch of black keywords. Like they want, you know, large black, this, black, black, black. Okay, let me build out very hyper-specific campaigns around that style request, that shopper search. Like I was saying before, you can force Amazon's hand as to what variation is going to show up if that is the only product that you have in that campaign or in that really in that ad group so you would have black yeah. all of your black keywords and then that would be yeah. how you would build it out yeah this reminds me i've heard someone say like your job is to help people find what they're looking mm -hmm. for yes. and it has actually and here i've got a great story for this so we sell pickleball paddles and you know it's very competitive now that the sport has grown 
And it was a funny idea. We wanted to start some bling style pickleball paddles, like mm-hmm. the like gold, silver. One of them actually has mm-hmm. like a dollar chain on it. They actually did all right. They're decent looking paddles. Like we, we did all right on that design. I, I was coming across this thing where like, I think we just like threw them all in an advertising platform. Does all right. But when we found out that like, hey, there actually is a small amount of search volume around colors that allows us to like create ads or, you know, push the product in front of the people. And so we have a gold pickleball paddle and guess what? A few people every day, they type in gold pickleball paddle. It's not a lot, but like, guess what? I'll take an easy conversion any day. And yeah. Maybe we were a little bit lazy, but like we just didn't think about this initially. And our reliance on like software tools, like just didn't like, we didn't invest as much time in these specific campaigns. And now that we've started doing this more with these styles, it works. And right now, you know, you type in gold pickleball paddle, like we're there, we have the, the we have the only gold actual, like just solid gold pickleball paddle and it's mm-hmm. converted. Now, my question is, we're still not ranking yet. We are still paying for the spot, even though like it is absolutely clear that we are this style so i think like that that story kind of like was plays into what you were saying about you know very highly targeted find you know uh, you do have to look into search terms you have to really think about like what the customer is looking for how do you feel like why aren't we ranked yet that's a really good question and so it goes down to sales velocity through that particular keyword because we also are using the term gold pickleball paddle and that yeah we're going up against words that I, so we're going against products that are selling, you know, a hundred a day. And like on this, we're selling one or two a day. Amazon's algorithm hasn't figured out that saying gold is huge. You know, like we are it. Yeah. I mean, we've kind of seen the same thing. So what we try and do is you tend to, if you're advertising, again, you're showing the specific shopper what it is they're looking for. And that's honestly how you get the best conversion rates in ads or otherwise is like, shopper types in search and you show them exactly the product they're looking for as long as that's the product they want and you appeal to the shopper you should get good performance so we tend to have really good conversion rates on those and i don't know i mean again just from from my observation as a shopper i'm typing in very hyper specific searches into the search bar and i'm not seeing those very specific products populate yeah, in the search. this actually goes back to like Amazon's not always great as a search yeah. when it comes to styles because they're like bestseller, 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 bestseller. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, like I said, for the majority of the time, and it could just be that I happen to be a picky shopper and maybe everybody else is super thrilled with the algorithm. I've just found from my own shopping experience, if you're going into, again, like hyper specific style searches, yeah. I don't really find that it tends to serve those styles. And so what we try and do is just help the shopper out by running our ads well. And we see like really, really amazing conversion rates when we do that. Yeah, I like hearing that because I agree with that. I've never actually, I've never heard anyone say, you know, I love buying apparel on Amazon. They've had a hard time there. Still though, it's there. And, you know, there's there's some things I've purchased, I think, but um, I don't think it has like a lot of, respect as like an apparel destination 
And apparel is tricky because one of the other issues that we see with apparel is return rates because things just don't fit right or, you know, you can't touch and feel the fabric. So with apparel, some other style items, like even like blankets, if you're some people like for a throw blanket, they don't care. They just want it to look nice. Other people like, no, I need this thing to be cozy. And it's really hard to gauge that reviews are very helpful if you can get a lot of reviews on your apparel and people like yeah it fit true to size it's a little bit small it's a little bit big then it helps the shopper kind of gauge okay so what size should i buy i know amazon does do something with apparel where they kind of take into account your size and then they look at i think when you're doing returns you can say if it's too big or too small and they kind of gauge like oh people around your size tended to order this and they actually have like kind of a default in there which is kind of interesting so they have tried to do certain things i know there's something with the shoe category and don't ask me how you get access to it or how it actually is applied but you can even i've seen videos where people can do like a virtual try on with shoes and just see if it's something that they like they have interesting things that they're trying to pull out kind of account for that whole touch feel aspect of things but i mean anything like that I think you're always going to have some struggle when it comes to e-com. Yeah. Now, shoppers obviously love e-com. It's not going away. Am I saying apparel is not going to work on e-com? No, I don't see it slowing down. But there is definitely some you know, specific struggles that the category has. Yeah, let's jump back to variations. I've uh, talked to a lot of, I've promoted variations. I think they're, mm-hmm. they can increase your conversion percentage because if you pay for someone to get to your site, to your page, mm-hmm. they're more likely to find what they're looking for. And you can upsell and downsell people on your page. There's a lot of strengths to it. It's not infinite strengths. There's a few reasons, you mm-hmm. know, why, like you said, that your organic placement, you're only going to show one. If you want to like really dominate a, uh, mm-hmm. a subcategory, like you might have to have a few different variations. But when it comes to advertising on the variation, mm-hmm. I don't spend a lot of time thinking about that. I just told a story where we were. We had another variation of puzzles where like, you know, one was a horse, one was like, mm-hmm. a, like they were just completely different colors, not colors, but like landscapes. And we didn't really, again, reliance on a tool, like we just didn't nail it. And mm-hmm. until, like, until we did, until we started like, nope, we are just advertising on this variation with these mm-hmm. words and, you know, no generic terms. How do you think about when, when advertising on a specific variation? We touched on it, but I think there's a little bit more there. Yeah, yeah. I'm more than happy to get into this. And I probably should dig into a little bit the very unique struggles that happen with like associating converting ter- search terms with the products. And then that'll kind of get into the sales attribution, which I think would be interesting to also touch on the unique issues of skew level total A costs on high variation listings. I think that'd probably be interesting. So the way it works on Amazon is whatever product, the last click attribution. So if you have your ads, someone clicks on the ads and purchases a different variation, that sale will still get attributed to yeah. the original variation. So that definitely presents a unique issue, even if you're thoroughly segmenting your products. So for instance, maybe you had the black, you know, the black keywords with the black product, or maybe you even have all the products with a generic keyword. So maybe you have the black one with generic keyword, orange one, generic keyword. 
Well, if you have those keywords, and this is getting a little more technical, but say, you know, phrase match or broad match, just something that allows Amazon to maybe tack on additional words, you know, like before or after, it is highly possible that you could get someone, you know, maybe you'll get, show up on advertising for like orange pickleball paddle and, but the black one was clicked. So then that search term gets attributed back to the black one, but in actuality, they bought the orange one. So even like you're saying software, even if you had everything very segmented, like we're saying, like everything's super split out, we're segmenting everything and you're saying, okay, this is my black one and I'm going to create like an automatic funnel converting search terms go here. These converting search terms go here. You're still most likely going to end yeah. up with the black one being advertised on the orange one, which again is, is yeah. not what we're looking for in granularity. In case against phrase and broads, like those can like do some things that you don't expect, especially with variations. They can start to like mm -hmm. what it what is shown. Yeah, definitely. And so what we found is like, so I'll just tell you the structure that we've ended up running for most of our brands. We find that this is kind of gives us the best of both worlds. I talked to some other really like smart agency owners that I highly respect. And this is, I would say, similar to most people I know are running some strategy, very similar to this. No. So what we would do is if, if we have a generic keyword, right? And I'm saying generic as in, say it's pickleball paddle, right? You have different styles, you have different variations. If somebody's purchasing pickleball paddle, they haven't indicated to you through the search what they're actually looking for. We don't know. There's no way for us to say like, oh, this one's going to work better because it's not like the gold one like we were talking about. So what we would do in that case is we would simply look at what is the best seller for this pickleball paddle variations like which one absolutely crushes it which one has the best conversion rates and then we would analyze all of these and then we'd say okay so for generic keywords that the shoppers have not indicated to us whatsoever that they have a specific variation style that they're looking for we're going to only advertise our best seller because we can make the determination that most likely this one's going to convert because it's always converted for us and so that would be our structure there and then what we would do is okay so then for everything outside of that that we have a very specific style request again just looking at the search terms and the reason why i alluded to like this is very painful we have a lot of like i'm hesitant to niche down into like say we are the apparel advertiser because i just know the effort and leg work that goes into this is what you have to do is you actually have to manually go through those searches like i said before i have yet to run across the software that does this well you can set up like search term conversion funnels into keywords like that's in i would say most if not all softwares out there i don't even think you have the ability to say migrate the search term to here if it contains the subword x i don't even think you have that let alone again being able to really distinctly identify the specific variation so what you have to do is go through the search and report say okay these are the black ones these are the gray ones these are my pink ones these are my gold ones and then you build you would manually craft those funnels again with those specific variations being advertised so that that's how we we run it we have really good performance on those yeah um, intense work it's just tedious no no being honest it helps like you kind of like yeah you just have to spend time on it especially if yeah you're if you know if you're in any sort of category where there's just like styles and yeah. that's very different than uh selling like you know a kitchen product that just does one mm -hmm. thing and well this is uh this is very valuable and i do want to like you know understand the nuances of every category and i've never had anyone like come and then talk about from this angle i love that you say that you you hesitate you know, take on too many like apparel clients. You're like, no, like if it's the right fit, if it's this and this. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I have those conversations. I mean, so the way it happened is we got a large clothing brand 
And we're like, all right, we know what we're doing with advertising. You know, like we're really smart. Every category is going to have its nuances. Like you said, like I just talked to a supplement client and we're talking about testing keywords. I'm like, yeah, that's the issue with supplements is, you know, if, if you don't have an aggressive bid, you know, you're trying to get those low bid strategies don't work as well in supplements because just cost per clicks are so necessary. Like, hi, so you incrementally test, there's ways to adjust for it. So like every category is going to have that like one thing that you have to account for. And it's just a matter of like being in it all the time. And so what we did is we got a large clothing client, large as in, like you were saying, thousands of SKUs, like multi-thousands of SKUs. And we're like, all right, so we know we're good at advertising. We know we can tackle this project. We have to do it well. And we've done very well. And But we had to figure out how does it... So then now I, I get apparel clients or large variation clients coming to me all the time. I'm like, you got a couple hundred SKUs, we got you. Like this walk in the park, it's cakewalk. <laughs> it's cakewalk at this point. Like we're dealing with, you know, 5,000 SKUs, X, 20, oh, I forget how many thousands of campaigns at this point. Like we're good. We're good. So we can handle it. Actually, I found it kind of interesting is because we're playing with it is these low cost per click where you're like, you're, mm -hmm. kind of, you're going for like the cheap click, you know, yeah. not top of search, but you're like, well, but I'll pay five cents for someone, 10 cents for someone to click yeah. over here. Do you have any like strategies around those? I don't know if it's a strategy as much as it is a philosophy. So I would say my philosophy, because there's a lot of people that'll go through and they'll just pause a bunch of things, right? They're like, oh, it's not working. I'm going to pause it. My philosophy is like, hey, lower the bid. You know, like the worst that's going to happen is you're not going to get impressions. But if you were going to pause it anyways, you weren't going to get impressions. And yeah. I actually had a really good question today, again, from the same the same brand owner I was auditing for. They were saying like, yeah, we've noticed that with the low bid strategies, is there an issue that we have a whole bunch of keywords in there and they're not getting any impressions? And I'm like, you're not actually hurting anything. Um, you're just not showing up in the auction. If you want to re, you know, reevaluate those and put a higher bid, you absolutely can do that. It's not going to hurt you to have them sit there. So if you were going to pause it anyways, might as well try the 10 cent bid worst case scenario you don't show up which would have happened if you pause the thing anyway yeah but you can show up I've been doing yeah it years and like yeah and, and that's the benefit you still have the potential to show up so yeah. it, it's not going to be top of search it might not be every even every day but you will find that those show up the one that i've really been liking that we've been having really good success for there's two strategies we use for low bids one of them is my favorite. I did a YouTube video on it. It's like, a, we call it a catch-all auto. It goes against every single good advertising practice out there, yeah. but it works. Oh, yeah, yeah I've, I've talked about it. It does work. Yeah. And I've even like, the low catch auto was working so well. I'm like, let's do a little bit more. I've gone like 10 cents, yeah. 15 cents, 20 cents. And it finds it's, you know, match. There's sometimes that yeah. more like, well, it can take a little bit of management, but it's good. It's a great strategy. Yeah, those ones work. And the other ones that I find actually do really well, we call them like single word broad match. Kind of the same thing is, is you would like find all of like your main root keywords and you would put them in a campaign. Same thing. You want very low bids in a broad match. And these type of campaigns are, and I'm sure you've probably covered this too, the, the catch-all auto and the low bid broad match. There is a downside to them and a drawback. And if you know not to do it, you'll be fine. But if you don't know, you're going to like absolutely screw yourself. Do not aggressively raise the bids. 
don't do it, especially in Q4. I've, so I've seen accounts like this all the time. What'll happen is you'll see amazing ACoS and you'll be like, oh my gosh, I'm getting like 10% ACoS and the rest of the account's running at like 25. Like this is amazing. And so what you do naturally in scenarios, if something's getting really low ACoS, you'll go, oh, okay, I need to increase the bids, right? Because I want to get more of this. What happens when you increase the bids is you effectively change the strategy. It's no longer a low bid strategy. So what we've seen, and it's so tempting during Q4, especially with the low bid broad match I was talking about, because you're going to see some like, oh, it's going to look so good. And you're like, oh, it's like 25 cents. Like, what if I just did 30? What if I just did 40? And that 40 becomes 50. And especially if you're running, like you're talking like some sort of automation software and you don't put parameters in there to keep those bids capped, your bids will get scaled. And what's going to happen is when you have a dollar bid on those strategies, all of a sudden the potential, especially because it's a single word broad match campaign, potential search terms that could trigger I have okay. The doozies that have happened, I've seen is this campaign was our highest, was the highest performing campaign in an account. Single word broad match, Q4, Christmas time's coming, absolutely crushing it. Post Christmas, conversion rates dropped. The like entire A cost of the account, like, absolutely went to crap because everything's riding on this one campaign, which no longer works, and you can't. Like if you just make sure that you keep bids low and you maintain the strategy, you'll be fine. I'm just to all my yeah. listeners out there who are like, that sounds amazing. I want that ACOS. Like go do it. Just like don't change strategy. Keep the bids low. Yeah. Well, totally agree there. Well, let's, what's the best way for somebody to get a hold of you if they have any questions or if they just want to follow you? Yeah. Yeah. So if they just want to follow me, LinkedIn is definitely going to be the best place to do that. Feel free to reach out to me, Dim, say hi. And then if you're interested in working with us or just want to see what we're about there, best way to get a hold of us is on our website, which is jungler.com, J-U-N-G-L-R.com. Yes. No E at the very end, just jungler. Yes. Cool. All right. Well, thank you for so much talking, sharing some insights and helping us be uh, just a little bit smarter. We'll wrap up here. Thanks everyone for listening and stay tuned for the next episodes always excited to learn more and hope everyone's having a, a great selling year all right well thanks elizabeth thanks so much it was a pleasure okay well take care everyone and we'll see you next time one two three yeah.